Greetings, everyone. This is Emery, your host for this season. Welcome to the first global podcast. For today's episode, we're going to be reviewing some team highlights from the past two weeks, and we're going to be interviewing team members from Team Inspiration and Team Spider, which are both teams from the Global STEM Corps. Make sure to stay tuned so you can hear about how these teams are able to maintain a mentor-mentee relationship with the teams Benin and Paraguay throughout the entire year. We're excited to see FIRST Global teams featured in multimedia formats, including videos. These past two weeks, we saw Team Cayman Islands begin documenting their experience on their own YouTube channel. We also saw Team Oman featured in the popular TV show, Oman TV General. Also, we're so proud of Team Tunisia for being invited by the Tunisian US Embassy to be a part of the online event Space Robotics and the Benefits of Space Exploration, where they hosted guest speaker Dr. Mohamed Abid, Mars 2020 Deputy Chief Mechanical Engineer and Manager of the Mechatronics Group at NASA's Jet Propulsion Library. We're so excited to see when teams learn from events that we organize. Shout out to the Philippines, Tunisia, and Oman for preparing for and discussing the STEM talk about building a CubeSat prototype in Kazakhstan. Furthermore, we saw Sudan and Paraguay spreading awareness of STEM education by organizing events for women to share their experiences. Amazing work, ladies. We're looking forward to seeing more teams working hard at the Solutions Challenge. We saw Team Cambodia is discussing a problem in education and are working hard. Finally, we're excited to see how teams continue to develop their projects and do other cool things this season. Next up is our interview with Global STEM Corps volunteers. For today's episode, I have six guests with us. Alex, Colin, and Maybell are all part of Team Inspiration, which is also FTC Team 11128. And we also have Roger, Brendan, and Madeline, who are all part of Team Spider, which is also FRC Team 1622. They're all currently residing in San Diego, California. And we have them here on our podcast today because of their inspirational work as volunteers in the Global STEM Corps Technical Mentorship Program run by First Global. And they've all been advisor teams for the First Global teams in Benin and Paraguay. Now, outside of being a GSC mentor for four years, Roger runs the Engineering Academy at Poway High School. He teaches engineering and computer animation and architecture and was elected official of Ramona Unified School District Board of Education in 2006. Alex, who has been a volunteer for five years, has also been an aerospace engineer for 35 years and helps with robotics programs across several different high schools in the area. Colin, Brendan, Mabel, and Madeline are all high school students who are interested in STEM and are committed to FIRST Global's mission. We wanted to highlight Team Inspiration and Team Spider stories as GSC volunteers for their exceptional experiences as year-round mentors. They've all been mentors between one to five years. Welcome everybody to the first global podcast. Thank you guys all for being here. And I'm gonna jump in with our first question. Um, Can you explain to us what the GSC is and how it works? I'll start with Alex. Yeah, hi. Everyone, uh, my name is Alex. Uh, first Global STEM course is first global answer to the world in need of inspired generation of young adults who are ready to tackle global challenge. Uh, what we have on the first global is a team of warranty uh, working with students across the world, uh, the 
currently there's 195 team country around the world participating in the first global. It's almost like the Olympic event for the robotic. Uh, we paired the we pair the experienced robotic team to assist any country that need help in robotic, uh, because uh, not every country has equivalent access to STEM education. So the goal is support each other to raise the level of STEM education across the world. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Alex. And is there anything you'd like to add to that, Roger? Yeah. Um along with what Alex said, I would say one of our number one goals um, as a, in the Global STEM Corps and as an advisor is really to inspire the students. That's our, our number one goal, inspire young adults so that they can become the next professionals. Like yeah, as, as we always talk about, even in your own country, you have uh, professionals that you consider your heroes. So that's the idea is be able to make scientists, engineers, um, computer scientists, those to become um, your heroes. And so I wanted to really emphasize that as well as we're really inspiring students to develop their 21st century skills. And the one thing that we do about um, or as advisors is that we are there to guide you. We're not building the robot for you. And so I want to really emphasize that. And that's a really important thing. And we're here to help you to pursue all of your capabilities and your potential. Yeah, thank you for that answer, Roger. That's definitely one of the main missions and goals of First Global as a whole, um, to inspire students, hopefully, in the field of STEM. And that's part of also why we're doing this podcast here with you guys. Um, so second question is, why and how did you get involved in the GSC program? Um, let's start with you. Uh, Roger. Okay, so for me, this is a really long story, but I'll make it really short. Um, we had um, a parent on our team that encouraged us to do it because it was a brand new thing. And so I, I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. And so um, honestly, along with our, our goals for our team, we really believe in um, inspiring the next leaders or the next generation of leaders. And we also go out of our way to spread STEM. So this, you know, the mission of First Global is perfect along with what we're doing. And so that's probably the main thing, but I'd have to say this, what really kind of uh, made it for me or really established it even stronger was when we traveled all the way to Dubai for the First Global competition um, that was in 2019, something that Dean Kamen said towards the end really had an impact on me. And it really cemented everything for me and why I was doing it. And then he made this comment about that the young people that are doing First Global, that they, they will become the next leaders that hopefully will even establish peace, not only in their countries, but throughout the world. And I thought that was a really amazing, impactful statement from him. Yeah, uh, education changed my life. I came to US without a high school education, but I was fortunate enough went to aerospace program and become a uh, engineer seeing uh, amazing spacecraft, uh, aircraft, helping the, uh, moving the innovation forward. Uh, so when I started the robotic program, it, 2011, I would like to share my knowledge of the opportunity I have with all the students and sharing what I learned across the year. So in 2017, uh, my team participated in the first world championship. Uh, That's the first time we spoke, uh, meeting uh, students around the world. And we did very well. And also, that's when first global just start. I say, hey, seeing we did, we learned so much in the first world championship. We would like to share with the first global community. Uh, that's when we start met with Kaylin in first global. Say, hey, starting with them, and and that's 
the N is key story, right? Uh, basically, we start with the mean on the first global team in 2017, and we guide them to the first uh, seven ranking in the world and the first in Africa. And uh, we were very fortunate to meet with Rachel, the head coach of the NIC. It turned out that she also had a dream to change her country. And her dream is to create an academy for the country to uh, help the, the nation and the population to improve their life. And then uh, we continue since 2017. And, uh, we're very fortunately partner with Team Spider uh, together. We uh, explore a lot more country beyond and the rest, you will hear the rest in this podcast. Yeah, um, real quick, since you mentioned meeting and working with Team Spider, if I heard that correctly, um, how were you guys as like separate teams able to come together um, what is the story of that? Yeah, first is the always a community to share. Uh, so we was a FTC team and there was a FOC team. But uh, even uh, Madeline was a team member with Team Inspiration before. Uh, her mom is a boss in making. Uh, she, I believe she was the one uh, also introduced the first global concept with Spider. But even before that, uh, the first is always a uh, sharing community, right? So we all we always talk among each other. Uh, it's just that Team Spider and Team Inspiration both education beyond our immediate robotic team. We always active in the community, both local and globally. So the joy vision of our team just apply us uh, working very well together. Roger? And, yeah, I can add to that. Um, he's mentioned uh, Dr. Wynn, one of our parents, as well as Alex himself, uh, early on invited us to come over and to meet Rachel uh, from Benin. And so we sat down and we had a conversation and it was a really wonderful conversation getting to hear what her vision was for her country and how she wanted to bring um, more robotics in and more STEM in and through her academy. And that really started everything for us. And then we started uh, mentoring Paraguay and we decided to team together early on, realizing that through many people or many teams, you have greater strength and you can get more done. And so we realized that an alliance was better than just doing it by ourselves. Yeah, I really love that, especially because one of the goals of um, First Global amongst, you know, STEM inspiration and just education in general is also, you know, teaching cooperation. Um, and this is a really beautiful example of that. Um, so also normally as advisor teams in the GSC, mentors um, for first global students usually are just mentors over the course of those three months while they're preparing for the first global challenge but you um, both of you and all of you have continued to mentor and advise your teams throughout the calendar years so what inspired you to continue working with your mentee teams beyond just the regular fgc season um, we'll begin with roger Okay, so we, uh, both Alex and I kind of led into this a little bit. Um, along with doing First Global and advising the teams or, you know, guiding them, we both reached out and asked, what more can we do to help your students, to help um, your schools, and even help your country? And so, we had those discussions early on. And I think that that really helped a lot. I remember that we kept saying, oh, we really wanna to go to your country and we really wanna um, be able to make an impact and help. And so we ended up doing that. Um, both Team Inspiration and Team Spider members went to Paraguay and also went to Benin. And it was an amazing experience because we helped them run their first national competitions, robotics competitions there. And that was an amazing experience for the whole country. 
Um, and then it's just kind of blossomed from there and got, has gotten even better. I know we've gone to Paraguay three times. Um, we've done an FTC scrimmage. We've also done a comp, um, help them inspire them to do a competition called Open Robotics, which ended up having 42 teams of all different types of robots show up at it. Um, and then when we first came, we did um, a little robot, which is the Mbot, to, to get them going and inspiring them because it was more inexpensive. And we did that um, in Benin as well. But the one thing that I would say is the reason that we're continuing and Alex would agree with this, is we really want to make a difference. It's not just about STEM, but as Alex said, education impacted his life. Well, it's also impacted my life. I always look at what do I have that others don't have? Because everybody is grown up in a unique um, environment and a different situation, and not everybody has the same. And so for me personally and for our team, we want to give all of our brothers and sisters an opportunity to experience STEM, to experience robotics. Um, thank you for that answer as well. Um, Alex, would you like to add to that? Yeah, um, I always believe in continual education, uh, just like uh, when we finish our high school or college, uh, a lot of times students say, hey, I master a class, I finished. Uh, robotic competition, a lot of team also say, hey, my team goal is to compete in the robotic program, and then they end. With the, uh, a lot of robotic program, the season only start for three or four months, or some may be longer a year, but it was a start and end. But continual education is always important in our mind. So that's why and it, we actually practice on our team for the last 10 years, uh, we never stop in uh, after the competition, right? It's not a milestone. Uh, it's not just a milestone. Uh, we believe the learning is a journey. So that's one of the reasons say uh, instead of uh, wait until the global STEM cups uh, star competition star and end, uh, we believe that between this event, which is amazing itself, uh, right? Like this year, you're the KillSat, you're the solution challenge in the world. But we always encourage, uh, it's the same thing with first, uh, when the first FOL, they work on the project, we always say, hey, after you finish the competition, continue to engage the project you develop. So we apply the same strategy for the first global team. Uh, as soon as they finish the competition, we basically say, hey, what have you learned? Uh, what do you want to improve? Because the continual reflection and continual improvement is key to success for any project, any activity that we engage daily. Uh, and that's how we move the work forward. So when we finish the competition, we help them say, hey, let's build a fundamental that build our skill set stronger. Uh, if we didn't know the computer graphic uh, animation and all that, we'll work on the skill. Or if we want to learn programming, we can continue to develop the programming skill. Or if we work on the project, like uh, this year with the KillSat, right? When the team finished building the KillSat, ideally what we want to then take it to the next level is instead of just an enjoy operation KillSat that go for competition, but develop the QSAP for the country. Uh, right now with the space exploration going on, I can see that many first global team after the QSAP uh, research and uh, participation, uh, they can, hopefully they can, uh, we can uh, engage with some uh, space act, uh, not requirement, for origin say, hey, we have this 10 QSAP from 195 nation team and maybe send the QSAC to uh, Spain to inspire the student further. So that's what, one of the, the reasons that instead of doing free money, uh, we want the continual education. I'm very excited for this year uh, subject, global, first global subject because as an aerospace engineer, uh, I'm looking forward to see all the team continued the QSAC after the competition and uh, sent QSAC up in Spain. 
Yeah, I'm happy to hear you're excited about that part. And um, I totally agree with that sentiment that education, you know, is something that you continue. It can't be something boxed into a three-month period or even, you know, 12 years of your life or however many. We're always learning. Um, I did want to hear a little bit more about how um, you guys were able to go into, I believe you said Benin and Paraguay, and help um, even set up competitions within those countries. Um, what was that like? And maybe what was the greatest challenge of, um, of such a big project? Okay, I can take that. Uh, this is a major challenge, uh, just like we were with a lot of first global team. Um, the logistic planning, uh, even for Benin, uh, it takes both uh, local and inter international cooperation. Uh, a lot of issue challenge for Benin is they don't have the robotic material access, right? Um, the robotic material, education material for a lot of country actually consider luxury item. Uh, to buy the robot material in those country, first of all, uh, it may not be possible to buy any of them. And secondly, uh, if you can buy any, uh, it got to cost more robot, cost more in those countries than what we can buy in US, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so, Together with the resource, that's what the event is of combining our resource between Team Inspiration and Team Spider and the local community. Uh, we have to support them, uh, not just logistic planning, but we also have to support them in terms of material. Uh, very similar to First Global, that a lot of country, uh, First Global is very graciously sending a robotic team to robotic kit to all the team. Uh, for us, uh, we, we actually uh, donate all the material to the country, uh, helping logistic planning. At the local level, uh, for example, Benin, uh, we also encourage the uh, Benin Co. and she done an amazing job. Uh, she was able to ally with the embassy of the uh, United States over there, and also uh, several companies in the local community uh, enjoy participate. So what we experience is host, hosting a robotic competition really take uh, a major planning, major coordination across a local sponsor, uh, international sponsor like United States uh, Embassy, and of course the uh, team member here uh, a lot of team member, both team inspiration and a team spider member, uh, create the robotic game. Uh, you can hear a little bit more later and how the team put together the game and logistic planning. So uh, basically, it's almost like if you think about first global, how you create the competition in US, Dubai, and Mexico City. Uh, but it's a mini version of that, and I. Roger can expand more on how to overcome some of the challenge. Okay, so um, thank you for that, Alex. Uh, along with that, just to give you an idea how difficult it can be to get robots to the country. So <laughs> as we're traveling together, our two teams, um, I know Team Spiders, um, we have donated 50 robots and I know that um, Inspiration is donated. I don't know what the number is exactly, but they've donated a lot too. What we would do is we would divide them all up and put them all in our suitcases and then travel across the border that way because it's very challenging otherwise to get them across. And sometimes we have been stopped and have had to pay duty um, or a tariff, additional amounts of money to get them um, across the border. We've had to work with visas as long as, as well as get passports to get over there. Um, I know that when we when we started out in Paraguay, we did our first competition. We um, partnered up with the university, the National University um, of Asuncion. And then from there, it ended up growing to, and this also happened um, in Benin, it ended up growing where 
we had support of the Minister of Education, the Minister of Technology, um, and then even the president of Paraguay has come out and honored them too. And so it's been pretty amazing um, as they go through the through this process. And now we have a partnership with the uh, National University of Asuncion in Paraguay um, from the president or the rector, as well as the dean of the College of uh, Aerospace Engineering. And we're just moving forward. At, at the way that I look at it is, as people learn about robotics and learn about the STEM opportunity, they wanna be part of it. It's an exciting thing to see it and it's exciting to be involved in it. And so um, it was pretty amazing. We did it, we run competitions at the university and then we've also, um, through the open robotics that first year that that opened because COVID kind of changed it, but first year it was in person. Um, they did it at the sports arena. It was pretty amazing and they had the government um, supporting that. It was just an amazing thing. And equally in Benin, the government gave them the, the CIMI's center and the big support that we had there was also the Minister of Technology and Education, as well as we had the US Embassy supporting. And so that was really uh, amazing. And, you know, I have to give credit, um, like we gave credit to Rachel, give credit to, to Ian in Paraguay, because there's always a pioneer in those countries that are really, really pushing to make things happen. And so Rachel and uh, Ian Bajic, they both are really trying to make a difference in their country. And we're, we're there to support them. I mean, it has to be done by them, just like that, the mission of, of the STEM Corps. We don't do it for them. We're there to inspire them. We're there to make a difference. And when we show up, it's amazing. They, they treat us as delegates and we're there to inspire. And that is our role. We're not there to do it for them. And when we leave, it's sustainable. They can continue it without us. And that's what's amazing. Thank you. I love to hear it. Um, it's so beautiful to hear just how much you guys have been able to help and support even outside of where you guys are located and um, continue to do that. It sounds like continue to do that even during COVID. Um, how so? How many of you all have had the opportunity to travel abroad? I know Alex and Roger have. Um, can we get a little show of hands maybe since we're doing the Zoom? Okay, so pretty much everyone, that's super awesome. Um, Brendan, I know it's your first year, but um, so how was your experience in traveling abroad? Um, let's start with Colin. I've had the amazing experience of visiting both Benin and Paraguay, but it really, really is amazing because we're not only confined to maybe even shaky Zoom connections or shaky meeting connections or on a weekly basis of just doing a checkup, seeing what support we can provide, and then searching materials, preparing for the next week. We actually got to spend nearly week-long periods of times with the students, engaging with their culture, and actually engaging with them, getting to know about their interests outside of robotics. And like them, they share the same passion in Benin and Paraguay as we do in the United States for robotics competitions. I remember uniquely in Benin, we took a dance break at the very end of the competition and see who could crank out the best moves, was most in sync with the music. I can say that I was absolutely demolished right? They're absolutely phenomenal dancers. But that same passion in coming together and doing a competition that everyone's passionate for was really inspiring and eye-opening to see that this passion extends across the United States border and that was really cemented when I was able to meet both Benin and Paraguay in person. Yeah that's certainly one of the benefits and goals of First Global is connecting people across cultures because it brings together this global community. Um, Madeline what about you? 
Yeah, so I had the incredible experience of being able to travel down to Paraguay with Team Spider back in like 2019, way before the pandemic. Um, and it was just really incredible because traveling there is so much of a different feel than like communicating over Zoom, like Colin said. You get to really build personal relationships with all these students, um, even greater than robotics and just learning with them. And even though there was a slight language barrier, since I don't speak very, very good Spanish, um, we were still able to communicate with hand signals, just talking. And um, it was just really great to build these personal relationships with all these students who are also interested in robotics. And I think on a more personal level, I was able to meet a student named Victor. And he actually ended up giving me like a Paraguay ball cap as a token of his appreciation. And his team, Jackerbots Later, was able to represent their country. And it was just really incredible to see his journey and keep up with them after meeting him in person. Yeah, thank you guys both for those anecdotes. Um, I love those really beautiful stories. Um, and as we were talking about earlier about maintaining these like year long relationships, we talked about like what inspired you to do so, but how were you able to manage year long connections with your mentees, especially across countries. Um, and along with that, can you share your favorite or maybe proudest memory as a mentor from the past year? Let's begin with Roger. Okay, so um, it's been pretty interesting how we uh, continue to communicate. Um, we use a variety of things. We, we started out with Skype, that didn't work. Then we moved to Hangouts, then we moved to Meets, then we've moved to Zoom. Um, We've literally used a variety of things to communicate. We've even used WhatsApp app. So we've we've tried everything under the sun. And honestly, the way that works is whatever seems to be working at the time, depending upon the connection that we have. <laughs> and so we'll be we'll be communicating that it ends and we're like, so we'll text or something. Okay, let's move to a different platform. And that will actually happen. It's happened a lot. Um, and our connection literally changes all the time. And so um, we got a head shaking because it, it's very um, real that, that that's what happens all the time. And um, I would say um, the other thing that we, we do, we are working on projects outside of, um, outside of First Global. And so that's what helps us, I think, cement this relationship because it's not just about um, First Global. It's, it's really about the first global vision and mission, which is much greater than just the competition. And I think that that is, we've taken that on. And I think the thing that when we look at this last year, this last season, it's a little bit different because it's COVID. <laughs> so what actually happened in COVID? It was challenging for our teams and then the STEM Corps said, okay, we're not doing global STEM Corps. And so we decided, hey, we're gonna do it anyway, even though that there's, it's not happening and there's no structure, so we did. And um, our experience with Paraguay was amazing because with Paraguay, um, the, the mentor from Jackerbot, as Madeline already mentioned, ended up getting the mentor award for the whole competition, one of them. And then the, they also ended up 34th in their ranking out of countries. And I have to say that I was just so impressed how involved they were in spite of it being COVID. Um, it could be really easy to, to quit or to, to say, I'm not gonna do it. But they were so excited and um, very passionate about what they were doing and very active. And um, I think it was a great example to my team. And I think that's what's really great about this when I share that story or the most memorable thing, because not only did, not only do they, um, are they impacted from our team and what we do, but we're also impacted from their team and what they do. And so we're both gaining, it's really a mutual, um, experience for us. Thank you, Roger. Um, and uh, let's move to Colin. Like Roger said, it was a very unique experience this past year as um, many countries actually had to shut down completely to contain the coronavirus. coronavirus. But when the countries eased up, 
it was super amazing to see um, the mentors come back together and meet to continue the strategic planning for the longevity of their programs. Um, my robotics team, team inspiration, were able to actually apply to an external competition, the OpenAI uh, Computer Vision Competition. And through our competition submission, we were actually giving two stereoscopic cameras to train our vision models. We're able to send one of those to Benin, and it was super amazing to see the mentors jump on that opportunity and really appreciate the technology and opportunity that they were able to do and continue their competition season that way. Yeah, I love to hear that for all of you. Um, first Global, you know, it is not just about, like you said, First Global itself, but the mission vision that this organization has as a whole and what Dean Kamen has set out to do about inspiring, um, you know, STEM in so many other ways that you guys have given stories about as well. Um, so next, what does it take to be a good volunteer? Um, I know that there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into, you know, being a teacher even, being a student, but what does it take to be a good volunteer? Let's start with Mabel. Yeah, so First Global is obviously working with another country. So you might have a lot of different um, challenges that you have to work through. So like one example is language barrier because, um, you know, for us, we speak English, right? And then in Benin, they speak French and in Paraguay, they speak Spanish. Um, so that's always interesting. Usually the mentor can speak, the mentor in the other country can speak one or more language or two or more languages, uh, which we are very fortunate to have. Um, so it makes it a little bit easier, but also just commitment because I know not just for our team, but we've struggled a lot with like internet connection, trying to video call um, and do all, all the communication stuff. So being open to trying different things, as Roger mentioned, we have tried almost every single like video conferencing tool on the internet uh, <laughs> and just messaging them, always being open to kind of helping the team. Um, and then, not just using your own team's expertise, but also reaching out, searching the web to see, okay, what other things can I help them um, with? Like, what other resources can I provide? And also just a lot of documentation. This is applicable for like any robotics team, but being able to see um, what's going on with their team, uh, use, using your documentation, using pictures, writing down notes, and then just constant communication back and forth. I think those are um, what are the most important. Yeah, um, as I've grown older, I've certainly learned that communication is probably one of the most important things when working with uh, a team. Let's jump to Brendan. Yeah, um, so I haven't been as GSC volunteer for very long, but what I can tell you is that going on to even just a Zoom meeting, with people from around the world is very amazing. So a piece of advice for being a good volunteer is not being afraid to reach out um, to teams around the world. And I've seen people before that were afraid because of those challenges such as language barrier. And that is very true. Um, there are a lot of challenges to this and it's not like normal volunteering, but really no matter what, getting to communicate with all these people is great and working towards a goal and like completing a challenge just makes the whole experience so much fun. Uh, and I personally love getting to meet all these engineers. And that type of excitement is also great for a, a GSC volunteer because instead of feeling like a volunteer, it actually like makes me feel more like a part of the global community. Um, so I'm excited to go in person because being virtual has been challenging. And uh, on top of the language barrier, that is um, very challenging. But yeah, being a part of this is just great regardless. Yeah, I definitely think bringing in the passion and excitement and enthusiasm um, into being a volunteer is really important, especially because while you're over Zoom, um, it's hard to like maintain that. 
Um, and even more so important to be conscious of it and how you can translate that through the camera while you're just sitting on Zoom. Um, and you definitely both and throughout this interview have touched on this a little bit, but I want to hear what you guys enjoy the most about being a part of the GSC. Um, let's start with Colin. I most enjoy the people. I'm inspired by the small yet mighty group that runs and organizes the first global competition from headquarters, but I'm also most inspired by the teams. As Roger mentioned earlier, I'm presented with the unique privilege of being born in the United States and have that wealth of resources, but other teams around the world, they have uh, their own difficulties. And it's inspiring to me to see that we are bonding over the same thing of robotics and elevating ourselves through education, but they probably have to work twice as hard to get to access to the same resources that I get access to and may take for granted. And it's just super inspiring to know that I was a small part in enabling them and they've been able to grow exponentially from there. Yeah, certainly. And like you said, difficult to get resources. You guys have all had to experience that as well with trying to get um, some of the robotics parts over to Paraguay or Benin. Um, and then also would like to hear from Madeline. Yeah, so I think easily my favorite part of being a DSC is just being able to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet and being able to share their culture. Um, prior to going to Paraguay, I mentored a first Lego league team called Imbaret Bots. And when we went, we were able to finally meet them in person and they basically welcomed us with open arms um, into their home and we were able to really meet all of the team members. I know we did like a lot of dancing. I learned how to do the Brazilian chicken dance. That was pretty fun. And then we ended up actually going to visit Uguazi Falls with them. And it was just really incredible being able to spend the whole day with them. I know we did some shopping at like different street vendors. Um, we got to taste some of their food that's uh, in Paraguay. And it was just a really incredible time being able to learn more about their culture and just really experience it on a personal level. And it was great because we kind of had like a bunch of tour guides because they're all from Paraguay. Um, and it was just really enjoyable and fun just meeting them. Yeah, for sure. Bridging those like cultural barriers, um, especially when you get to go there. And then also hopefully there's some of that over Zoom as well. I actually would like to hear about that. Any This is open to anyone. Um, because being virtual is very different from being in person. Um, what do you enjoy most about being a GSC volunteer virtually? I think definitely the weekly checkups and seeing the amount of progress that these teams are able to achieve. I know our first meeting with Paraguay this year, they already were researching their problem statement, they went through the engineering design process, they created trade studies, and they really talked through all their decisions. And just being there week three on the first meeting, we're all like, whoa, these guys are outpacing the rate of our team. So it is absolutely phenomenal to see what sort of expectations that the uh, first global teams can absolutely smash every single week. So I think that's my favorite part, doing this virtually. I can also kind of add on to what I like doing virtually. Um, I mean, these tools are so great um, because I've been able to go um, hour to hour mentoring different teams. Uh, and getting to do that is just so great how we could actually just meet them in face um, with the click of a button. And um, I'm really thankful for that. Um, it does lose a lot of the in-person aspects, but still, I, I really enjoy doing it um, virtually as well. I'd like to add, as a teacher, we're always talking about global learning, 21st century skills, and this is the epitome of that. Uh, our superintendent, she sent me a little card and she's like, you aren't just talking about um, global learning, you're actually doing it. And she says, you're an example to us all. And I, I have to say that was kind of a surprise because for us, this is just how we learn. And so I would have to say, adding to that, it's, it's not just that experience, but 
it's realizing that the world is a lot smaller and we can have relationships anywhere in the world. And I think that's been really wonderful for my students because many of them have continued with the relationships that they have gained with people in each of these countries and beyond. And it's been a wonderful experience for them. Yeah, thank you guys for all answering the question. I kind of jumped on you there. And I love hearing about how, you know, we talk a lot about First Global is meant to inspire and as mentors, we're meant to inspire, but also that, you know, inspiration is a two-way street. While you're helping someone else or think you're helping someone else, you can also learn so much from them and be inspired by them as well. Um, so going on to the next question, which is that what advice do you have for anyone who is considering volunteering in the GSC? Um, let's begin with Mabel. I would advise to just like commit to doing it, even if you're not sure. Um, it's a great learning experience. Um, for those that are unsure, like maybe they feel like they don't have enough technical skill, that's completely fine, right? Because there's a lot of, first has always been built on the idea that students do the work and that we are a community that shares information with each other. So a lot of teams already have a lot of um, existing resources out there. There's a lot of um, information on how to do things on the technical side. Being a mentor is a lot more than just um, teaching like how to build a robot or how to program a robot, right? So for me, I would just say, just try it for at least one year because it is just through the summer, right? So you don't have to commit even a whole year. So I just go do it. Um, it's really fun. And then you get to learn a lot and then you get inspired as we've said throughout this whole entire uh, meeting. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes the hardest step is just to take that first step in the first place. Um, Brendan? Yeah, so what inspired me to consider volunteering in GSC was looking back at all of the great things other people have done before me. Uh, like for example, I remember seeing First Global mentors getting awards and getting recognized. And through that, I saw how like life-changing that experience could be. Um, so look back at what people have done in the past and I'm sure, um, that will convince you that being a part of GSC and volunteering is such a good experience. Um, and I'm thankful for my coaches that have inspired me to be a volunteer. Uh, and I hope others out there uh, decide to join in because this is an amazing way to like communicate and learn from people all around the world. Uh, as my coach Roger Dome said earlier, uh, the more that people like um, me learn about this organization, uh, the more interested they become. And I have to say this is especially true for me um, because everything about the organization is just so inspiring and it makes such a good impact on people's lives. Thank you for that as well, um, especially because like you're right, a lot, a lot of the times, you know, we're inspired not just by people right in front of us, but what people have already done in the past and maybe how we can um, reflect it and do something similar, and then also expand on that even more. Um, since this is a pretty open question, I just wanted to see if anyone has something they maybe wanted to add to that, if it's really urgent. If not, that's also perfect because we're jumping into our last question, which is something that I like to ask all of our guests, which is as um as a mentor, as someone who's involved in FIRST Global, do you have a message or a piece of advice for students who are considering pursuing a career in STEM? Um, and let's begin with Roger for that one. My chat. Okay, before I give my advice, just a little story. So we um, continued on uh, mentoring our FIRST Global team, uh, Jack Rabat. And they, um, we helped them to compete in the New Hampshire Regional uh, for FTC. And for a number of reasons, they weren't able to build a robot. And so they were like, oh my gosh, we can't compete. And they were right up like a week and a half before they had to um, put in their submission. And they were like, 
we're not going to do it. We don't have a robot. And I said, no, 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 you can still do it. You don't have to have a robot. They made it very clear. Frank said very clear, you do not have to robot. You just have to design the whole thing and then present it to us. So I encouraged them, encouraged them as a mentor should do. And lo and behold, they ended up winning an award. <laughs> and they ended up, they ended up winning um, the I can't remember which award it was now, but they ended up winning an award at the state championship in New Hampshire. So my advice, just using that example, would be never give up and that it's through failure that you succeed. You're always going to succeed through a failure. You have to have small failures along the way so that you can rise above them and figure out another way to do something which actually many times ends up being the better way. So that's my advice. Yeah, thank you. That really reminds me, I think of that, I think it's Thomas Edison, the quote where he says, well, if you've failed a thousand times, you've succeeded at finding out a thousand ways how not to do something. Um, Alex, do you also have a piece of advice you'd like to share? Yeah. Um... A lot of people are face a stem, right? They say, I'm not an engineer, I'm not good in math and all that. But I would advise all everyone that STEM is fun and exciting. Um, I can give you all the personal testimony. Uh, you will change to explore the universe inside. You may be able to find a cure for COVID, technology to improve life. You will change to impart your community and the world. My advice is to stay in touch with the network gang in the first global. As you learn in this podcast, uh, team, network, community is where you learn. So learning is a journey. Continue learning. Enjoy us to explore the unknown. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Alex, Roger, Brendan, Colin, Madeline, Mabel, thank you for answering all of my questions. And thank you all for listening. Make sure to tune in by subscribing. Let's discover and recover.